Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Cricket is always worth celebrating. So Beer 52 are offering our listeners eight craft beers sourced and curated from the best breweries on the planet for free. All you need to do is go to www.beer52.com slash middle and just cover the $5.95 for the postage. Beer 52 is the world's most popular craft beer discovery club with over 150,000 members that they send a brand new case to every month. Every case has a different theme. Past themes have included beer from New Zealand, South Africa, Korea, and all over the USA and Europe. If dark beer is not your thing, you can simply choose the light option and your case will come with the award-winning beer magazine Ferment and a tasty snack. And if you do change your mind at any point, you can pause or cancel your account at any time. Just go to beer52.com slash middle to get your first case of eight beers for $5.95. That's the word beer, numbers 52.com slash middle. Cricket is back and in full swing. William Hill is the place to be for cricket punters this year with a suite of offers across all formats of the game, domestically and internationally. Check out all William Hill's in-play offers, along with all the latest odds and promotions at williamhill.com or on the free app. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. Hello and welcome to Middle Please Umpire. Uh, I'm Miles Jutt and I'm joined as ever by uh, Mark Wood. Hello, Mark. Hello, Miles. Or should I say, Hayakaya Mu Akabarak? Mark, sorry, unless I, um, I have been on holiday to Northumberland, but only for a week or so. So there's bits of the sort of dialect that I'm not totally au fait with. What, what, what did you just say? Hayakaya Mu Akabarak. Oh, uh, just a white coffee, thanks. <laughs> What 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 what, is that? what language is that? That is Omani for hello. What's going on? Oh right. Uh, yes. Well, just a standard day here, Monmouth. Done the school run. Um, yeah. Probably gonna watch a film later before it's time to pick the children up. Um, have you have you learnt a lot of the language, or are you are you just on the basics? No, that was um, yeah. Google Translate. If I'm honest. Oh, right. <laughs> I have one friend who thinks that I can speak Welsh because I live in Wales, and he will text me in Welsh. And I will go straight onto Google Translate and come back. And I think he thinks that I just type slowly rather than I'm buying in Google time. Or he knows mm. all about it and is completely indulging me. What, what are you doing in Amman? We are quarantining here first, doing a bit of training. And then when we go to Dubai, we then don't have to um, do a long quarantine period there. So, um, so it shortens the quarantine period, but also we're, there's training facilities and stuff here. Um, so we're just getting gearing up for the, for the World Cup, which is uh, exciting. Can't wait for it. Yes, about to do some running in the heat, Miles. So um, I love doing that. That's great. Is it? Um, I can't remember how hilly Amman is. It's very flat, so I'm pleased about that. We're going to do it on the beach, though, which is a killer. What? Just is, is it a pebble beach? No, it's just running on sands. Oh, tough, isn't it? Yeah, but I think it's worth you know it's worth going into these things as fit as you can be. I think. I think. I think they've got to know the player really. That's always been my attitude to international sport. They said to me, "Let's go at the beach and have a sandcastle building competition." I'd be. 
I'd work harder than any man there. But if they say run the beach, I'm not really excited. I don't think you'd have turned up for this. <laughs> yeah. You'd be wandering around going, why can't you find shrimping nets here? Mm, I mean, I've seen crabs in the morning. I've tried to bring some of my Northumberland grabbing techniques. Uh, we would go looking on the rocks, underneath rocks, and pick up crabs at the back of them so they kind of nip you. I've tried to explain that to Harry, my son, who's two, but he's not having it. He just charges at them. So, Have you got a little knife for limpets? Uh, Wellocks. Welks. Welks, hi. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to correct him, but subtly. Yeah. Uh, how many World Cups have you played in? Uh, just the one. Just the one. That went well. And one from one. One from one. Yeah, the bar's been set high. West Indies have won the last two T20s, haven't they? Yeah, I missed the last T20 World Cup through injury. No surprise there, but I did miss it through injury. <laughs> so I'm, I'm keen to sort of put my stamp on this competition. I've played the Champions Trophy and, and the World Cup. So hopefully we're going for, you know, back-to-back World Cup trophies. I, tr- I truly believe we've got a great chance. Um, I'm just looking forward to, like, I've done the last few weeks of bowling indoors, preparing. So it's nice to actually think of getting outside and getting that feel off your fingers. Because actually, at times, I don't feel like it's always um, how well you're bowling in the net or at a stump. It's actually the feel of, is right? can I feel off my fingers right going towards, you know, a Yorker? Is it coming? Am I really ripping down the ball to get my slower balls in? And sort of getting the feel right. And then when the practice matches, are, that's when you can really kick into that competitive nature. And what is it? Is the ground pretty sort of baked out there? Like in Dubai, is it? Are you running in on a hard surface? Yeah. So it'll be just like I think the facilities are very much like uh, Dubai. It's, it's you know the country's right next door, so it's only an hour flight um, to Dubai. So conditions will be fairly similar. Yeah. I mean, heaven for fun, you could take a train or something. Planes, trains, and automobiles. Now we're all about the plane life at the minute. We have to do everything chartered, which sounds you know, very posh and swanky, but we're not allowed to fly anyone else at the minute for COVID reasons. I went to Morocco to do some filming in more June, possibly. Mm. And we I've never done this before, obviously. I, they had to take everyone out by chartered flights. So we went from sort of Biggin Hill. It was like checking into a hotel. It was completely, you just sort of wandered in and there's a like a reception desk. And I was sort of like, sorry, where's the thing? And they were like, <laughs> oh yeah, I think everyone else is in that room over there. And I went into a room and there was just people drinking coffees and not long later we just sort of wandered onto a plane. It was very relaxed. It felt like being an American gangster or something. <laughs> I'll do it again, probably. You can only have a certain amount of coaches for ICC competitions. So like, it's not like a test match series where you can have as many as you want, basically. You have to only have a certain amount. I think it's to limit the of fairness for every team sort of thing. So we don't have our bowling coach here and we don't have um, as many batting coaches and we don't have our nutritionists, things like that. So it's just slim, like a slim down, slim down. Do you have a remote nutritionist, like asking on WhatsApp what you're eating? Yes. And although I'm eating quinoa, broccoli and cucumbers every day to her, the reality is that I'm enjoying the fruits of Oman. <laughs> Why don't we do voiceovers? <laughs> Hello, my name's Mark Wood, and yet again, catch me sampling the fruits of a man. Um, now, listen, we've got our mailbag that has been, it's not a physical object, it's its a, its its a PDF sent to me by the uh, producer, Nathan. Uh, I, I just want to run through this, if you think that's wise. Yes, sorry, I can't just nod. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, Mark, come on, you've got, at, at some point... When we when we finally break the news to you, when we get the guts to break the news to you that this is not a television program but a podcast, <laughs> and all the time you spend choosing your outfits, having your makeup done, is all. Do they? I'm getting worse as we've got on season three. I've, I've taken a, a dive. I don't. No, I don't think you're getting worse, Mark. I don't. I don't want you to. You have, think by the time we get to season four, you'll be like dressed as the Joker, <laughs> jazz hands. Exactly. You'll be a sort of Bruno Tullioli kind of character, and I'll be <laughs> I'll be pleading for calm. Um, <laughs> As I look across the dance floor, all I see is <laughs> cricket bats everywhere. <laughs> was, I was very impressed by that. Um, okay. Oh, here's some from cricketers at petrol stations. Um, here we go. I once spotted Nasser Hussain at an SO in Ilford, filling up with what I believe to have been unle- <laughs> what I believe to have been unleaded. Uh, I was too scared to make any conversation and simply stood silently behind him in the queue as we went in to pay. Hindsight is a wonderful thing, but I think he would have appreciated a bird table. <laughs> uh, if you, yeah, if you ever get, if you ever see Nasser Hussain at, a, at an SO or indeed any other, uh, perhaps perhaps a Harvest, a BP, a Shell, 
um, perhaps an independently owned garage in North Wales, uh, do do take the opportunity um, to put put right that wrong. Uh, Joe Suffield says, back in the summer of 2009, my family and I pulled into Lee Delamere service station, I know it very well, uh, near Chippenham to get some petrol. I noticed a suave chap in some fancy going out clothes walking towards me as he made his way back to his car from the kiosk. As he made his way back to his car from the kiosk, I recognised him instantly. It was serial run-getter and 2006 Strictly champ Mark Ramprakash. How are you going, Ramps? I inquired. Without breaking stride, he answered in the manner of a Regency fop. Good evening to you. I am very well. <laughs> we went our separate ways after our ephemeral encounter. Um, this is about painful injury. This is from Tom Newton. I was playing for Barningham CC, managed to twist my knee whilst fielding. So when we came into bat, I needed a runner. I was put in at number three and the ball was definitely nibbling about. It was only a couple of deliveries into my innings when the bowler nicked one back and it managed to clip my leg. <laughs> Why am I such a child? It was only a couple of deliveries into my innings when the bowler nicked one back and it managed to clip my left nut, which was at that precise moment trapped under the rim of my box. As you can imagine, I dropped to the ground like a slave to a pharaoh. In all the chaos, my runner tried to take a quick single and was promptly run out. <laughs> I was carried off the field with my, <laughs> with my tail well and truly between my legs. I iced it with a cold bottle of bud, but the swelling still exists to this day. <laughs> Despite it taking place a full two years ago. <laughs> Tom Newton, please see someone. Please see someone. That is it for the mailbag this week. Surely we're going to have people seeing cricketers at petrol stations with everything that's been going on lately. Yes, have you seen a cricketer queuing uh, for petrol during the shortage, perhaps? Have you been able to offset someone's fury uh, at not being able to buy diesel by um, just gently opening their rear passenger door and popping in a bag of coal or a bird table? (laughs) If not, why not, for heaven's sake? Hi, it's David Gower here. Uh, yes, it's me. Look, it's it's slightly embarrassing, but look, Mark and Miles, they've, they've forgotten the email address again. So look, if you've got any cricketing tales, stories, whatever it might be, you want to send to them, please email them at middleplease at hotmail.com. Um, and if that's too much, well, try Twitter or Instagram. After the break, we welcome our first guest of Series 3. It's Mr Paul Collingwood. I'd just like to take a moment to thank our founding sponsors, Cricketers Gin. Cricketers Gin is the perfect podcast partner, as this corker of a gin began its innings at the local village cricket club in Pinkney's Green, Berkshire. Over a G&T, the founders decided that this quintessential British game, along with the wild botanicals growing in abundance, deserved a bespoke gin of its own. Cricketers features milk thistle, wild marjoram, and blackberries, amongst other botanicals, delivering a smooth juniper-forward gin. If pink is your preference, they also have a delicious raspberry-distilled pink gin. Please take a look at their website, cricketersgin.com, where you'll find a range of gin hampers too. Apply the code CRICKET, and you'll receive a discount off your purchases. Cricketers, a small batch gin and a family-owned business. William Hill's Safer Gambling Tools help you stay in control. You can set deposit limits, session reminders, and take timeouts whenever you need them. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Welcome to Middle Please Umpire, Paul Collingwood. Hi, Miles, you're right. Maybe you feel you've talked to death about this, Collie, but about the T20 World Cup that you won as a team, but you as a captain, in 2000. And ten, and I and I guess are there. I mean, it's amazing to have for Mark and his lot to have within the camp someone that's actually been there and done it to the extent that you have. I know it was a very sort of new format then, mm. but what what do you think are the lessons that you learned in that campaign that are still applicable now? As much as the game's moved on since then, well, I just I mean, the simple thing is um, the kind of freedom that you're, you're trying to allow the players um, to have when they get out in the middle. You want you want your players to be almost taking their training game into the middle, so they're not thinking about consequences, not thinking about getting out, they're not thinking about getting hit for six. It's it's almost like trying to play backyard cricket, but on a big stage. And I think that was probably the first time we'd taken the risks in 2010 of allowing the players the freedom 
you're not going to be punished if you if you fail. What what would you have to do to get shouted at by a captain in this format in these days? I mean, is <laughs> well, there anything? Well, back then, simply, um, I'll, I'll give you an example. If you got caught on the boundary early 2000s leading up to um, middle 2000s, you, if you got caught on the boundary during the middle overs, you would literally be crucified. <laughs> like, what are you doing that for? There's a boundary rider up there, hit it for one. Um, and now, for example, obviously you're encouraged to, take the boundary riders on and, and hit it 20 rows further back. Well, wait, it's banned, isn't it, now? It's banned in the dress room, the, the old, a couple of sixes, and then, you know, when someone knocks it away and someone shouts, oh, that's good cricket, it's banned now. If, if, it, if you hit for a couple of sixes, the lads are like, keep going here, keep going, keep smashing them. So you kind of just knock it for one and someone shouts, good cricket. Yeah, well, it's a change of, men- it's a change of mentality altogether. And I, I think that was probably, look, in the World Cups that we played in, we were very conservative. And um, and I think 2010 was the first time really we'd got together as a team and said, look, we, we're going to have to change our approach uh, altogether and, um, and really express express ourselves in the middle, but don't be scared on, on taking the positive option all the time. And I think that's a message that has been filtered through for the last four or five years with Owen Morgan. You always want to be on the more aggressive side of the line than conservative. And, um, you know, I, I think that was... Probably one of the main reasons why we went on to um, win that tournament. Do you think the inexperience of some of the squad was actually an advantage in the way? No baggage, or you, you know, you had three players in that squad who had never played an international T Twenty. Yeah, possibly. I think um, I think it was fresh, and there was no scars. So whatever whatever messages we were getting across, it was it was new, it was bright, it was it was bold, it was um, brave. It was all these things that. To me, you have to do to, if you want to win World Cups, you've got to be a step ahead of all the other teams. You've got to be doing something different to what all the other teams are doing. If you're playing catch-up all the time, you're always um, a step behind them. And and I felt as though that's what we were in the, in the previous World Cups. And um, look, it was, a, it was a risk that we were willing to take. Andy Flower said, if we keep doing the same things, we're going to get the same results. So why not, not just in selection, but in, in, in our play? take it to the next level and, and see how high our um, ceiling can be. And, you know, I'll give you an example. Turning up at training sessions, we, we did a lot of range hitting, for example. And I mean the full session would be range hitting. So the enjoyment factor of coming out of that, the confidence that guys can actually clear the ropes, even if there is a boundary rider, it was, um, it was pretty fresh. So... These are little examples that we, we took into it, and, and thankfully it worked. Who was your biggest range hitter, Polly? Back then, well, it was actually um, Keyswetter smacked at miles. I mean, I, I think he was one of the hardest hitters of a cricket ball in world cricket. Um, it was such a shame that his career was cut short with the, um, with the eye injury. Um, KP, obviously, his long levers could whack it a, a long way. Morgs with his wrists. Um, it was, look, we had some big hitters, but we never really kind of encouraged them to, to go out there and, and hit from ball one. So it was, I mean, it, it really did open all of our eyes in, in, in terms of looking at the power that... Um, in, in the way that sort of Morgs plays, did you, did you play like that? The way that Morgs sort of, like, he sort of instills that... Man, I was literally just clearing the ropes. These guys were hitting it like <laughs> 40 yards over the ropes. It was actually, it was a little bit embarrassing, to be honest with you. I was kind of like... <laughs> I was clogging them across the mid-wicket and, like, and like blowing them over the rope. Go, go. <laughs> These guys were whacking it like into the next town. Even now then, Woody, would you, do you do range hitting practice? I do it. Definitely not. The only practice, actually, the thing that's probably the best practice that we do with Collie um, that he's introduced as a coach is this, this game of 21s, which is great, great fun. Oh, how are we, Woody, man? Yeah, I kind of believe it, right? You go on about that. We'll go back to your baton. God, it's all gone a bit Catherine Cook. No, no, no. You go, <laughs> you go on about your baton. Woody came to us, what, two years ago? A year and a half? Colleen, man, I can't even, I can't hit it. I said, look, first of all, you've got to have the attitude to hit it. Secondly, we'll, we'll do some work on it. And he smacks it now. He's like, it's as if like we haven't done any work on it. He absolutely belts it now. And I'm a nerdler, man. I'm a nerdler. What can I say? Get off no, straight. No, come on. Come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Neil, you remind me of a young Neil Fairbrother. No. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, he, he, he can't no. whack it when he wants to. That's a, back to that great drill that Collie does. So we'll play 21s now, which is fielding. You, you leave. You start the session feeling like you're going to be like Collie here, one-handed diving catches. He hits a ball out. 
a guy shies with the stumps, then they've got to get it back to the other end with a good throw. That's two clear points. And as he creep up to sort of 21 points for your team off North v South, he introduces this sort of yellow ball that has hollow, <laughs> um, like a hollow side with holes in it. And then when he hits that one, everybody doesn't want to know. You're looking at the ground, you're not trying to look at Collie, you don't want it. It goes all over the place, doesn't it? Bounces everywhere. And- yeah, it flies all over. Like when you throw it, it can fly anywhere. When it bounces, when he's hit it on the floor, it'll bounce, it can kick. And no one wants to do it, but it, it teaches you to have that sort of fearless attitude of like going to what keep going towards the ball. And it's a bit of a laugh. You get double points for it. So it's it's the one that finishes the uh, 21 session off if you do it well. So it's it's a bit of a risk. I've I've seen it go wrong. I mean, I've seen um, I think it was Sam Billings. I hit one out to mid-off, and and this yellow ball was just perfectly rolling all the way up to Bilbo. And Bilbo came running in, like hurtling into it. And just at the last second, as he was about to pick it up, this thing popped off a length, hitting straight in between the eyes. <laughs> and I promise you, like, everyone was just literally on the floor, like, laughing our heads off. <laughs> I mean, it's not a hard, hard ball, but it'll give you a bit of a, a bit of a bruise. And it was probably the, the funniest thing I've ever seen, honestly. It was, uh, so it, it does. It's very unpredictable. Because that's the thing. Obviously, I, I mean, I'm completely useless. But even I know that, like, on the third bounce, if someone's wax a spinner the third bounce is when it could suddenly go the other way or or whatever you know if you're playing on a on a rec ground or whatever there's some sort of drainage thing some culvert or whatever that it will hit you've got to be you know you can't assume always that it's going to be perfect even in these sort of fancy stadiums which look great but look also i mean i've been watching a lot of the ipl and it's Really, the bowlers are taking most of the plaudits, aren't they? You're looking at some quite sort of low-scoring. Yeah, the way I don't think I don't think the wickets have been um, magnificent, which is obviously a little bit of a concern because we're going to be playing on the same venue. So um, there are some very. Well, this is why you need your sort of Neil Fairbrother, like Mark Woodbatsman, who come in. It's just all about the ones and twos. Pushing hard. Maybe you just rub the pressure up on my ball in there as well. Or just bowl full tosses. No, 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 no. Your, your, your ball would be perfect on those. Like back of a length, straight, hitting the top of the stumps. Plus your natural aggression, Woody, the atmosphere that you create. And when I snarl my teeth. A sense of fear. Arr. Yeah. <laughs> All your stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think the, the sort of template then, if, if you, can you look at your victory as a kind of template? Is that... Would that work in this? Can you think, oh, we need, basically, we need a sort of a Ryan side bottom. We need a, you know, we've got Josh Butler probably in the KP role, that sort of thing. Obviously, the op- the openers you have now are so, I mean, Lum and Keyes had a seemed revolution at the time, didn't they? But now, if you look at our openers, incredible. Yeah, I think you can, you can have the same template. And that's, to be honest with you, that's what Owen Morgan has been doing over the last five years. He, unfortunately for us back then, we only, we only did it for a, <laughs> Probably a year. We won a nine. We had a nine-game unbeaten run with this kind of fearless attitude that we had. And then after that, um, I got the sack. So, <laughs> so that was kind of that was kind of the end of that. But what Morgs has done since 2016 is he's almost created a legacy. So this fearless attitude is not just in the England team, but it's 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 filtered down to county cricket. It's even filtered lower than that. You're seeing the way that people are playing and and all the shots that they they are playing, like the reverse sweeps, the switch hits, um, the power that they're creating. You see the the kind of the, the the team. I mean, the team that came in against Pakistan, for example, um, when we had all of the squads taken away and the management and the, and the new team that came in, it was highly skillful set of players. And so it's a great indication, like, how much impact Morgs and, uh, and, and Trevor Bayless and Farbrace have had over the years of, of actually filtering all this kind of attitude down to the next level. I think like fielding as well, that shows, that's the whole effect, that, that's partly the IPL as well, but the whole, you know, watching T20 finals day, that final was such an incredible game. And you're like, this is, we're, what, the stuff that was most exciting was stuff that felt new, new within the game. In a way, the the boundary field. Yeah, it's it's magnificent. It's great to watch. Um, and some of the one handers and throwing it to the to your partner like 10, 20 meters away is just ridiculous stuff that we wouldn't have even thought about um, back then. Because when when you were playing, you seemed as a fielder, sort of streets ahead. Even at, in the international game, you seemed streets ahead, levels ahead of what other. I mean, there were some particularly bad fielders, but also <laughs> just in terms of the generally. <laughs> the general where the bar was set you know you seemed such a long way ahead of some of your your contemporaries whereas now that wouldn't that 
it would have leveled out, wouldn't it? You couldn't, in a way, the, the very best fielder wouldn't be that much better than everyone. Exactly. If I'd walked into a team now, I wouldn't be any, any probably any different to what um, a lot of the fielders are. And the majority of them would be, be able to dive around and, and um, catch the catches that I caught. So, um, but back then, it, this is what dif- different eras, you, you stand out because you're ahead of the rest, I guess. Um, but you've got to be a good fielder now. You have to be a good fielder now. It's as simple as that. You, you know, if you're not, you're not going to get selected. Miles, me and colleagues, so I was, uh, obviously hurt me shoulder on the test. And I was coming back to throw and I had to do it with him, like these little like lobbins and stuff like that. And I started to get a bit better. And so he says, right, we'll, we'll try some stump hitting the day. So he's rolled a couple out of this. And I've like thrown like what must be 20 balls, but I'm limited to how many throws I can throw. So I've thrown 20. I haven't hit the stumps once. I was like, hold on, Collie, let's you throw one. First one, he throws it. Obviously, his shoulder nearly drops off because he hasn't thrown for so long. Second one, bang, <laughs> stumps, picks his stumps up and walks away. It's like, oh, re- yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's ingrained, you know, Miles. It's ingrained. It's, sometimes you have a bit of luck, don't you? It's your 10,000 flying hours. But someone like you, you get called always like, oh, an amazing natural athlete. But presumably that belies the effort that went into it. I mean, you, 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 must, have been a, you must have trained very hard. Um, yeah, I, I enjoyed me training. Um, I was actually, back then, I was more into Pilates, a bit of yoga, stanky yoga. I, wasn't, I was never a, a guy who would go into the gym and, and think, all right, I'm going to lift some real heavy weights. I actually found that would hurt me back quite a bit. So I was more kind of body weight exercises. So you press-ups, you pull-ups, uh, sit-ups, all that, those kind of things. And, and really, when I, if I had an injury, I was always in the uh, Pilates studio and, and yoga, which people probably never realize but this is the stuff that you do behind the scenes that you know when you're a professional you have to do it and to make your body strong i dislocated my left shoulder really bad in uh, 2003 i went to dive for a ball and rotated the mid and my arm landed behind us and um yeah it wasn't good and um and obviously trying to get back from that it took three or four months to get back back from that but from from then on, I had to make sure that I kept my core, my shoulders, you know, the upper body really strong for the amount of diving around that I did in the field. I loved loved diving around. Even when I was at school, I'd come back with holes in the jumpers and the in the in the knees because I'd be diving around in the playground and get told off of my mother and like, oh, what are you doing? But I just loved <laughs> loved diving around after balls. I was watching I mean, I watch it most weeks, but you catching a Hayden off um Harmison. You watch it more sweet than point. No, I'm only joking. It's, it's the, I don't. I don't sit down and watch. It's there. It's one of those things that I will. I won't, slightly I, concerned. Though, yeah. I won't forget. No, I don't. <laughs> I, do, uh, I no, Well, I, I can't backtrack now. Is that a, no? I mean, I, I, if I close my eyes, I would be able to picture it happening. But the, and you've the, got the, no clothes on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, this is this is all. This is this um, this shirt and jumper. Zoom. That's a Zoom setting. <laughs> I I couldn't. I, I couldn't be more naked now. You must ask my neighbours. But the the amazing thing about it is the height that you get. Is that a specific thing? Was that was that catch? Was it paying off a particular sort of drill that you'd been doing, or did it just happen to work? I mean, because there's a bit of you when you land, you look slightly surprised. Um, I used to do a lot of practice uh, with Duncan Fletcher, so he used to hit a lot of balls at backward point to us. So these were things that I knew I could do. When the ball was in the air, I thought I can. I could get this. I could catch this, and you, and you almost have an area where you. Well, it's not. It wasn't long enough for you to think that. No, you, you do. As soon as it comes off the bat, you think I could. I could actually get to this. There was a couple of catches through my career where I thought I'm not going to get to this, but I actually did, um, which is why I encourage finals day. Gary Balance, remember it well. Yeah, that was a good one. That was off you. You were bowling rockets that day. Um, I still encourage the lads now to go for balls that they might not think they're going to get to so because you sometimes surprise yourself but a lot of people think fielding's all about you know your hand-eye coordination but you're right Miles the, the power in your legs is is crucial and um, because you've got to get yourself into a position to really propel yourself um off the floor have you seen Collie play before have I seen Collie play like in the in the flesh have you watched them in the game yes yeah very much so in fact two 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 Collie things stand out well, no, I've, I've, I've encountered Collie in a, in a variety of scenarios. Uh, one, I went, so I was in India in 2006 
with a friend and we were staying at the Taj and my friend got in your way in the swimming pool when you were warming down. Doing his Pilates and his yoga in the pool. Got you, Collie. I know. I listen. I know. What did I, what did I do? I wouldn't have done anything nasty, I hope. I, no, it wasn't anything nasty at, at all. But I, 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 I hate swimming. I, I think he briefly made the mistake of swimming into the into in your way slightly. I said, "Did you speak to him?" He goes, "No, he had really quite a distant stare on him." <laughs> I got out of the way as quick as I could. No, I would have. I would. I'm shocking at swimming, so I was probably trying to catch my breath more than anything else. That's you. <laughs> That's your concentration phase. But I. So on that. So two things. One, I I, I went to the last two days of the 2005 ashes so obviously that innings on the last day I mean you know people you you could measure it by weight of runs couldn't you I think people forget how frightening it was as an as a member of the crowd going into lunch at, yeah. what was it 137 for five something like yeah that? something like that yeah absolutely sick making what? I mean that so that <laughs> feeling so that to be honest what I mean mentally to get to come back from that it was a it was astonishing well to be honest you, if you had that sick feeling in your stomach, imagine what I was feeling like. Oh, you must have you must have felt like you were swimming. Awful. Because <laughs> I'd, I'd only come in for the last test match. So I was like everybody else back home watching. It was like this soap opera, watching on the TV, and it was just incredible. And then you get the phone call going into the last test match and say, oh, you're in the squad. And I'm like, oh, no. You're replacing Simon Jones. You think, well, I'm... I'm medium pace at best. What's going no, on? No, well, it was well. They had Jimmy as well. Obviously, he was in the in the squad. I think they went the more conservative route of we'll protect the lead and um, and you know have me bat at seven and just a few medium paces. So, um, but I was honestly, I was so nervous. And you've got to remember when you only come in for the last test match, the level of cricket that these guys were playing. I mean, I was at the other end to KP when KP started smacking Brett Lee. Yeah, and he was obviously born ninety-five mile an hour plus, and the shots he was playing, I was just like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> like, <laughs> I was getting down the other end, and I was just happy to get a bat on it. Like I was literally just blocking it. Well, I, I was sitting in front of the gas holders, and I couldn't, and I, I felt I was dangerously close to what he was doing yeah. in terms of just the distance because they were clearing. I was about ten rows back, probably. And some of them were flying over. So, you know, after lunch when he just went berserk. Yeah, it was amazing. It was it was an astonishing feat. Well, he had that that ball before lunch where he kind of punched it. And I remember walking off with him at lunch, and he was just like, "Right after lunch, I'm going for it. I'm I'm taking them on. There's going to be one winner. All this kind of stuff." And it was like, "Fair enough. Good luck." <laughs> like he's pulling <laughs> absolute rockets. Um, but what's what happened after lunch was just like I was had the best seat in the house. It was. Absolutely incredible. I mean, this guy, if you if you think of the pressure that we were under... It's only his fifth test. For someone like him to be able to then apply the pressure onto the opposition like he had, he was always someone who saw the reward rather than the failure. Um, I was the other way around. I was always like, oh, God, I can't get out. I can't get out. And he was like, <laughs> oh, how good will it be if I uh, smash 100 here? And, and that's what he went and did absolutely incredible it was really one of the great the greatest things i've ever witnessed um the the another uh in the flesh collie thing so i, I went to, as i say in india 2006 so i i basically went to every game so i uh saw your first because i know you came close to getting a century in pakistan that tour before but uh nagpur you got a century in the first obviously alistair alistair it was alistair cook's debut and indeed Monty and Ian Blackwell's debut, but you, so you got you got I think 134, but you were only in the 70s, I think, when number 11 came out to join you, mm. who was uh, Monty Panazar on debut, and yet you got you got to 134, and that was uh, that was a stun, and it, I mean that turned into a bit of range hitting, because there the press box is fantastic, you're only about one level up, you're really you feel really you know the bowlers are running in from pretty much. Straight in front of you, fantastic. Yeah, I used to, I used to love those situations, I, and I did it a few times. Um, actually, batting with Steve Thomason for Durham, and to me, you're almost playing in, and so you can get into those situations, so you can get into just the complete freedom of of a game. It's very rare where you're playing a test match where you're actually at at a hundred percent capacity. You, you're generally playing at about fifty or sixty. You limit yourself to two or three shots, you wait for the bullet to come into your area and you stay in that rhythm all day until you get into that situation where you've got, well, I'm, I'm batting with a tail ender 
and now I've got the freedom and the license to, um, if it gets out, it doesn't matter. And those situations I absolutely love. So, so yeah, it was, it was great, like, batting with the tail end because you could just try to smack the ball away wherever you wanted. But I suppose also, like at the Oval, say, you'd been put in at number seven, you were batting, like, how high were you batting in Pakistan when you scored all those runs? Um, probably, I think I was probably five or six at the time. Then your mindset being, oh no, what if it all goes wrong? If you're told, right, you're batting, you know, you're batting at five. Do you does that does that cheer you up, or do you think? Well, it did actually. Uh, funny enough, the um, in 2007 in the Ashes, I when I got me double, I, I actually batted at four. Now that was the highest I'd ever batted for England, and um, I think it was because Marcus Triscothic had just gone home and someone had gone up the order. I, I can't remember the reason, but I ended up batting at four. I didn't get the chance again after that. I was slightly disappointed, to be honest. Is that yeah, like your captaincy thinking? Well, that's all right. Let's just let's just leave you with an almost perfect record at number four. <laughs> let's not endanger it. It's like going. You win big when you're playing roulette or whatever. You've got to walk away from the table. Yeah. That must have been. I mean, that series to have lived through that because oh five and then you know now. Do you do you ever wake up in a cold sweat thinking about that 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 tour to Australia? Yeah, um, I mean that was mentally as as probably as low as I'd ever been on a cricket pitch. Um, Australia were had players there that were um, on the way out in terms of they were ready to retire, but they wanted to retire with a with a Ashes win under the belts and not just not just do it three two or or three nil. They wanted to really rub our faces into it um, right to the last moment and. So that was a that was a really difficult um, tour. I suppose on the flip side, as a group of players, they're sort of very happy-go-lucky and jolly and welcoming, aren't they? So at least you know that socially, it's going to be really sort of fun and relaxed. Yeah, it was lovely. I mean, you never you never got reminded of it at all at, at any point. Even when you get on the bus, and the bus driver's like, "Oh, better shit die, mate." It's like, "Oh, thanks, yeah, great." <laughs> And then you get back to the hotel and all the service staff in the hotel remind you of it. And then you go to a restaurant and everybody in the restaurant reminds you. It's just constant. But, you know, that's Ashes cricket and that's what you're up against. You're up against not just 11 players well, on the park, you're up against the country. And um, Do you think COVID's a good time to go to Australia then for that reason? Do you think you might be kept slightly further away from... Uh... No, because they're, they're coming out of COVID and I think there'll be all that frustration will be uh, pent up over a long period of time. So, no, I think it's... It's so satisfying when you do well over there. I think that's the reason because you know it is the hardest place to go. Um, I found that in playing club cricket in in Australia as well in, in Melbourne that if you don't do very well, they don't give you the lickings of a dog. And it's it, but when you do well, they, they do. Though. I mean, when you when you actually when you do well, they're actually the first person to go and go. Oh, good on you, mate. Like well done. And um, they're they're you know. I think that's that's why it is the difficult, most difficult place to go. Uh, and so, I mean, I, I was just reading a thing today about you, Mark, saying suddenly here we are, we've got Mark Wood. Basically, you are the fastest bowler, fastest English bowler going out there. This was, I think, Hugh Turberville in The Cricketer. This is a very exciting time to be Mark Wood. I know you've got this T20 World Cup to win first. What's with the pressure, Miles? Jesus. First it was, this is your conditions. Now it's Australia. God, hot enough here and a man. I'm trying to G you up. Is this how you respond when your coach says, I presume, equally sensible things to you, Mark, about <laughs> sort of the, the task in hand? No, no, I'm looking forward to it. I am looking forward to Australia. Oh, thanks, Spoons. Mention the cricket. Pile on the pressure, why don't you? <laughs> I'll just go out and die by the bin, shall I? <laughs> no, no, I am, I am looking forward to it. I think this bit with the World Cup, I think we've got a great chance. And then with Australia, again, I think we've got a great chance. I honestly do believe that. It's not just like saying it, but saying the right things. I, I truly believe like going out there, like I could, I want to try and perform on that stage. I want to be the guy on that stage. So I am really looking forward to it. You basically want to be in a situation where a bus driver is forced to say, actually, well done, mate. On your mate. <laughs> is that too much to ask? I think that seems perfectly reached, a perf- perfectly achievable ambition. And of course, you've got lots of games of 21 to... Uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, that'll be, the, that'll be the real pressure, I feel. When we're talking about pressure, that them game of 21s, when, when he gets the yellow ball out, I'm, I'm now going to stick my chest out. I'm going to say, Collie, I want it. Give it to me. And then from that moment on, I'll be I'll be ready to take the centre stage. And of course, the great thing is, T20 World Cup, Woody, Ashes, what better way to prepare for another season with the London spirit? <laughs> well, I was going to say, well, Ashton, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, for Ashington. Well, yeah. me and Collie played against each other, didn't we? This, yeah. Seriously, Miles, honestly. Like, oh, I watched. There was there were some clips of it. For you, what do you play for? Shot, Shotley. Shotley Bridge, yeah. Shotley Bridge. That's my home club. I've been there since I was like three year old. So I get this phone call, Woody. Connie, Connie, are you playing this weekend? I'm like, playing what, mate? Like golf or what? No, no, no. Shotley, Ashton, down your place. Oh, man, have a game. Be brilliant, man. Us two, play. Be hellish. Like, I'm having a game. <laughs> Pull a few overs. Come on, man. It'd be great. Great for the, like, Woody, nobody can turn up. It's COVID time. <laughs> it's not as if like, there's going to be thousands coming through the gate. No, I'll be great, man. How we call you? I'd love you too. I was like, oh, God. I said, Woody, Woody, I'll, I'll ring them up. If they're short, if they're really short, I might have a game, right? So he's like, oh, brilliant, right? So I ring them up, ring shortly. I said, um, are you oh, really short this weekend. Like, if, it'd be great if you could <laughs> come and play. And I was like, oh, no. Last thing I want to do is go and face a 95-mile-an-hour bowler on a Saturday afternoon. I was buzzing. I was buzzing. He, even, he didn't come on. Like, I was batting five. He didn't come on till the 29th over. I mean, it's a 50-over game. He was waiting for us. Wait, and, and no <laughs> fine well, he were waiting for us. And then you bowled. You, you only, he was restricted to four overs. Bowled his four overs. And then the lad got out in the next over, didn't he? Kieran Milburn. Yeah, I didn't get a chance here. Mm. So you didn't get to face any of Woody? I didn't get to face any of Woody. And um, I, I just had to take on Ben Harmison and, and the rest of them. Uh, I did. I watched on, um, was it on Instagram? I watched you. It looked like, I don't know if it was the short straw, but it looked like someone had said, Collie, would you mind going and facing Jofra in the nets? And that, that looked like a reasonable workout. Oh, that was awful. That was South Africa, and it was like, does anybody want to come and face Joffre? Joffre's got to get some overs in in the, um, in the nets. <laughs> and no, none of the lads put their hands up. They were like, no, no, it's all right. <laughs> so I was, and he was like, I need a, I need a ball against a batter. So, okay, Dad. Joffre, I'll, I'll put my hand up. I'll, um, Woody, have you got any kid? I'll, but seriously, Joffre, I know you can hit us in the head. It's fine. You don't have to show us that you're you're better than us as long as you pitch it up I, I, you know no problem no problem <laughs> about I promise you a third ball like went past me left shoulder I was like what are you doing like seriously <laughs> <laughs> it's not even funny like, <laughs> I'm more than happy to face a bit of bowling off you but don't like try to knock me head off like what you done 45 year old man like oh it was awful he was fast as well you did all right. I watched it. You did well. A lot of them hit the middle. No, I got bowled twice, mate. Miles, shall we introduce Paul Collingwood to my super rover? I bet he'd love that, knowing what I know. Yeah. So, Miles, 90 seconds on the clock. Collie, say the first thing that comes to your head. This is the Mark Wood super rover. Ah, no. Part of the podcast. No, don't say that because honestly, it might be bad things. Like, it doesn't matter. That's great. The first thing that comes to your head. Don't, don't think, just answer. Oh Three, my God, two, that's... one. Um, Make of your first cricket bat. Uh, Duncan Fernley. Most random celebrity in your phone? Um, oh, my God. What's he called? I shouldn't say that. The, the singer out of Boys Zone. What's he called? Life is a roller coaster. Ronan Keating. Ronan Keating. Nice. And well sung. Uh, Favourite sandwich filling? Oh, ham and cheese. Nice. Your club needs you. Will you score or umpire? Uh, umpire. Name a song that's been stuck in your head recently. Um, Bear's Den, actually. Clouds of Pompeii. Nice. Mike Gatting is coming to dinner. What will you cook to impress him? <laughs> a lot. <laughs> knocky nine doors, knock knock ginger, or knock and run? Um, knock and run. I used to love that game. You've come to the wicket. What guard are you asking for? Centre. Why? Oh! <laughs> <laughs> oh, I middle, you're do it. <laughs> middle, please, up by a. <laughs> Paul Collarwood by the barest of all margins that was good actually good some good answers in there is that 90 seconds Duncan Fernley exactly 129.81 what's that the, that Bears Den song what, what's that is that a Glasgow band oh yeah the teddy bears come to pick no. yeah I know that one well, yeah. <laughs> 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 I was going to sing it, but I'm just going to embarrass myself. No, I can't. <laughs> oh, Rona Keaton and Al, that was a good one. 
Ronan Keating. Man. Life is a bro- it became very musical at the end there with Miles. I was right into this. <laughs> you were it was it was surprisingly moving, Mark. Mm-hmm. Uh, surprisingly moving. Extraordinary. Um Paul, it is very kind of you to give up your time to talk to um to sensible fellow athletes such as myself and Mark. Um thanks very much for doing that. Colly, I'll see you at the um at the beach tomorrow. And one last thing. I'm a dingle dangle scarecrow with a flippy floppy hat. <laughs> Bring some sun cream for us, will you? I've caught it today. So there we are, Paul Collingwood, um, MBE? Is he MBE? Is that yes. I, do you know what? I mean, he's someone I've I've watched, as a lot of these people I've seen so so often play so much cricket, but he also you get, you know, that he's been around the England camp for so long, hasn't he? You, you know, you do get to see a lot of him in sort of interviews and that sort of stuff. And I, I'm always amazed the way he talks about being afraid. You know, you used to have this reputation of being sort of happy and lucky, but you always talk, you know, get how scared he gets facing sort of pace bowling stuff like that. And you would never have thought of that. He's very honest about it. And I I admire that. But, you know, as a player, you would never have thought that. He just looks, you know, like that Ashes thing when they had, they were like, we're just going to be aggressive or whatever. So, like, Jones threw that ball quite needlessly and it hit Hayden. And Hayden was understanding what was going on. And they all just piled in. And he was sort of right in there. And you just thought you would never have the sense of him carrying kind of any fear onto the pitch. No, but I think he's he's someone that stands up for himself. I think you know there's there's been the thing that makes him so likable to players is that he's honest, but like it, it's always got a, a, a method behind it, or it's always got like there's a reason why. And I think that's what makes him a great coach, made him a great captain. He's very level. You know, if it says someone's bowling fast, he can say it without. It's not like a, a fear yeah. thing. It's just like a, he's he's bowling fast, like and and sort of laugh it off and be open about it rather than you know, carried internally and, and allowing himself to speak and stuff. And I remember him saying, you know, a couple of things as captain at Durham that were just so simple, but like everybody would listen. And he does the same now as an England coach. I think that's why people respect him so much. He's always thinking about the game and thinking of how to win and how to get better without actually getting in your space too much or going over the top of things. He, he will not take a step back, mate, that hidden thing. He, like he's talking about that. In Australia, Australians obviously behaving a big guy. They try and alpha you. They try and bully you, and actually take a step back and say, "No, look, we're we're not going to be bullied," and 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 stand up to them. And although Collie's obviously a lot smaller than Hayden, even proving that to all their teammates and leading from the front in that way, which he does as a captain, which he does as a coach, leading from the front, I think. You know, that's one of the things that makes him so great. Is there a thing where, and it would have been more fair to ask him this rather than you but that thing about you know a very successful player but also you know you could see that he worked very hard and the fact that it's you know he's not you know you wouldn't you'd never call him Gower-esque could you so is he one of the people that one of the the reasons that he coaches so well is that he understands exactly just how much effort goes into being to being that good and he know he knows what it means to sort of really graft at your Game. You know, when he was talking about batting and saying, well, basically, you know, you've got three shots and you're doing this or whatever. Yeah, no, I think I think he totally gets it. He talks, he puts himself at the other at the opposite end of, say, KP's sort of mentality or whatever. Is that is that part of his, his sort of um, strength as a coach? Yeah, I think that strength is that he can resonate with people. Anybody that can sort of tell you without saying, oh, I just did this or I just did that. Actually saying, hey, look, I had these fears or... You know, I struggled with this, or this worked well for me. This didn't work well for me, and try and. I also, I also get sunburn. You know, just he's he's lived it. Yeah, I also look at YouTube videos of me fielding these kind of things. If you can resonate with people, if you put like ten best catches or something <laughs> into YouTube, it will always come up. That catch was. I suppose we could have dug down into a bit. Suddenly thinking about it, of the possibly unlikely friendship between Ronan Keating and Paul yes. Collingwood. Yes. That was, yeah. Maybe because they look, do you think they look a bit similar? Uh, very, very vaguely. N- no, uh, yeah, I'd, to the point where I'd say no. <laughs> you didn't really get a sense of whether it was his solo work or his boy's own work. That it's hard mm. for me to imagine which of those Collie would prefer. Maybe because, as we now know about Collie's 2010 motto of freedom of playing, he went with life as a roller coaster. And that was his 2020 model, and uh, suddenly became friends. You don't think? Do you think he prefers life as a roller coaster to um, you say it best when you say nothing at all? 
Oh, both great coaching mantras, I feel. Maybe he likes both of them. Very, yeah, there's a lot, there's a lot actually of Ronan Keating that you can, you know, have his, can I call them teachings? That you could use <laughs> in, um, I'm just going to do, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to, I'm just going to Google right now Ronan Keating songs and we'll just see if there's any other because you're, you've got a couple of big series coming up. It might be that Ronan Keating has, you can hear me typing live, live, that must be exciting, not live, whenever you listen to this. If Tomorrow Never Comes, I suppose, maybe that's more for the sort of the first, you know, rain days. Mm-hmm. Loving Each Day. Now, that's very good. That's a very Is good... Is it to last? Diddle-a-la-la. 2020 blast. Yeah, I, I'm feeling that that one could really work. That's that's quite useful. No matter what. I believe I Can Fly to me seems not, not applicable to many cricket scenarios. If you suddenly said in a team meeting, I believe I can fly, people would Is think. that a Ronnie Keaton song? I think he may have, may have covered it. I love it when we do. these. I've not heard of lots of these songs. I love it when you do... Oh, can I borrow your chest guard? I love it when you do. Uh, you know, that, sort of, that sort of thing. Oh, love me for a reason. That seems to be the sort of thing that you, Mark, would probably find yourself saying to a coach that just kept like pumping up your tyres, irrespective of what you were doing. And eventually you would snap and say, look, it's all very well. You're always nice to me. And actually, I don't mind a bit of tough love. I want actual feedback. It's no good saying, oh, everything's great all the time. If I'm doing something wrong, tell me. Lo- love me for a reason not just unconditionally. That that strikes me as the sort of thing that you, you might have to say to, to Spoons at some point or, or sing to him if that makes it easier for him, more palatable. Off the back of this strange relationship of Paul Collingwood and Ronan Keaton, I'd like you to sign off today at Middle Piece Umpire with a Ronan Keaton song. Take it away, Miles. Well, that would be no problem at all. So many of Ronan's songs just sort of float around my head all day, really. Um, I suppose... You know, given we've just had a delightful chat with uh, happy-go-lucky Paul Collingwood, I thought his interview was a reminder for all of us out there just to keep on loving each day. Uh, so uh, hold that message in your heart, uh, as indeed any teachings of the great Ronan that you feel are appropriate. <laughs> and uh, we, uh, we'll see you soon. Godspeed! <laughs> and on that note, thank you for listening to Middle Please Umpire. Um, again, right in with au revoir, goodbye, serenara, tada, arafinsen, bye! Oh, should be taken and is taken! Brilliant from Markwood, what a spell this has been! For all the latest cricket betting markets, in-play odds and promotions, visit williamhill.com or download the free app. 18 plus, please gamble responsibly. William Hill, it's who you play with. Sports Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. Laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.